Hey there, it's Reading Storytime with Gracie and Mommy. And today we're reading the book called... The Best Book of Spaceships. By... Ian Graham. Ian Graham. I was about to say, A.B. Let's get started. Looking into space for thousands of years, people have gazed in wonder at the night sky. Slowly, they learned more and more about the twinkling stars and the planets above them. Many dreamed of visiting and exploring the planets, but there was no way of traveling there. Instead, people had to make do with fuzzy views seen through telescopes. Nowadays, we have all kinds of spacecraft that can travel into space, visit the planets, and even land on them. Like, here's an example. There's a little picture of robot explorers. Mm. Robot explorers have become our eyes and ears on distant worlds we have not yet visited ourselves. And here's a picture of a Pathfinder explorer on, on Mars. And did you know that in the moon, that people have actually standed on the moon? You are right. And it was Apollo 11, not Apollo 1. You're right. Apollo 1 had a fire in the cockpit, and they died. <laughs> you are right. They did. What's in space? The Earth is one of nine planets that fly through space around the sun. The path each planet follows as it flies around the sun is called an orbit. The Earth takes a year to orbit the sun once. The sun is enormous. A million Earths could fit inside it with lots of room <gasps> oh to spare. my gosh. And here's the solar system. The solar system is the name given to the sun's family. It includes the planets and their moons, comets, and all the lumps of rock, dust, and ice that orbit the sun. Sure. Mercury, or er, I mean Mercury, Venus, Earth, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune. Oh. And it tells us a little bit about them, like Mercury is the closest planet to the sun. Venus, a boiling hot planet where it rains acid. Earth, our home planet. Mars, a red and rocky planet. Saturn, a planet surrounded by beautiful rings. rings. Uh, oh, I missed Jupiter. Sorry. Jupiter is the biggest planet in the solar system. Yeah. Neptune is a beautiful blue planet streaked with white clouds. And Uranus, a planet tipped over on its side. And it starts with J. And Pluto, at the time that this was written, was the farthest planet from the sun. But now, what is it? What's Pluto now? A dwarf planet. A dwarf planet. So when Mommy and Daddy were little, Pluto was considered the ninth planet in our solar system. But then they did a lot of research, and they learned a lot more information, and they figured out that it's not actually a planet in our solar system, that it's a dwarf planet. So that's why now you learn in school that there's only eight planets, right? Mm -hmm. And... The pull of gravity. Gravity is an invisible, for, invisible force that pulls things towards it. The sun is so big, its pull of gravity is strong enough to hold all the planets in their orbits. Sorry, I needed to get some water.
Rocket power. A rocket blasts off from its launch pad and soars into the sky with flames streaming from its engines. As it climbs higher and higher, the air around it becomes thinner and thinner until there is none at all. The rocket has reached space. Blast off. When people wanted to launch machines into space, they had to invent rockets to carry them there. Only rockets are powerful enough to escape the pull of Earth's gravity. And here, this talks about staging. A rocket is made up of parts called stages. When each stage has used up its fuel, it is dropped to save weight. The rest of the rocket goes into space. The top of the rocket then opens and a spacecraft comes out. Some spacecraft circle Earth. Others are carried deeper into space by more powerful rockets. Did you have a question? Uh, um, did you know it's called the ASU? Well, that is Sorry. USA for the United States of America. USA. And did you know that um, that this went 100 miles from Earth did it? to the moon? Did it? Yeah. I think it's more than 100 miles. Like 50, 100. Maybe it'll tell us in the book. Maybe it'll tell us in the giant, giant book. All kinds of rocket. Every spacecraft and satellite sent into space has been carried there by a rocket. The first rockets were quite small and could only lift a small weight. So the spacecraft and satellites had to be small too. As people learned more about how to make rockets and how to launch them, the rockets became bigger and more powerful. Bigger rockets can launch bigger spacecraft. The biggest rocket ever built was the American Saturn V moon rocket. There's a Saturn V. There's a picture of the Saturn V. And it says the height is 365 feet, carried all of the Apollo spacecraft and astronauts to the moon between 1969 and 1972. And this down here is the Mercury spacecraft. That This one is the Redstone. It was only 80 feet. It carried the Mercury spacecraft and the first American astronauts into space in 1961. This one is the Vostok spacecraft that carried the first Russian satellite into space in 1957. Also the first living creature, a dog called Leica in 1957. And in 1961, the first human being, Yuri Gagarin. And this one over here is the Arian 4 that was 175 to 190 feet. And since 1981, Ariane rockets have launched more than 100 satellites from French Guiana in South America. Rockets like the Ariane have three stages. When each stage has used up its full, it is fuel, it is dropped to make the rocket lighter. Extra rockets called boosters can be added to Ariane to make it more powerful. So booster rockets, which are down here, shown down here, those uh, help make it more powerful. So the rocket mission, flames burst from the rocket's engines as it slowly rises off the launch pad into space. The booster rockets quickly burn up their fuel and fall away. The first stage falls away when it has used up its fuel and engines in the second stage carry fire to carry the rocket farther into space. The second stage falls away next, then the third stage takes over. Finally, the rocket's nose opens 
and the satellite is launched. Here the satellite's panels open in space. They are very good artists. They've drawn very good pictures. Going to the moon. In July 1969, millions of people all over the world turned on their television sets at the same time. They were watching something that had never been seen before. An astronaut climb out of a spacecraft that had just landed on the moon. It was the first time that anyone from Earth had walked on another world. When the astronaut Neil Armstrong stepped onto the dusty surface of the moon, he was farther away from home than any other explorer had ever been. Here's a picture of a moon buggy. On later moon missions, astronauts took a special car to the moon called the Lunar Rover or Moon Buggy. It helped them get around the moon's rocky surface more easily. And faster. And faster, you're right, especially if they missed their landing point. They do this, miss it. They didn't, though. We looked. Or we know that they didn't. In trouble? Well, no. They would just figure out a way to get, to either use the place where they landed or to use the moon buggy to get where they needed to be. But it was all the moon, so it was all mostly the same. The Apollo spacecraft. The Apollo spacecraft was made up of three parts called modules. The lunar module was the only part of the spacecraft that landed on the moon. The command module was the only part that came back to Earth. The spacecraft had to carry everything the astronauts needed for their mission, including the air that they breathed. The moon is our closest neighbor in space, but here it tells us it is still 239,000 miles away. Altogether, 27 astronauts have flown to the moon and 12 have landed on its dusty, rocky surface. The Apollo moon mission. Flames shot, oh, it tells us step-by-step uh, step what happens. Number one, flames shot from the five engines at the bottom of the huge Saturn V rocket. Then it slowly rose off the launch pad and climbed into the sky. The deafening roar from its engines made the ground shake. Number two, three hours after takeoff, the command and service modules separated from the Saturn V rocket. They turned around and joined the lunar module. Number three, the third thing that happened, the Apollo spacecraft then went on into space. It took three days for the astronauts to travel to the moon. The fourth thing that happened, two astronauts floated down a tunnel into the lunar module and flew it to the moon. The third stayed in the command module. Number five, the astronauts explored the moon's surface, collected rocks. They also raised the American flag. There is no breeze on the moon, so the flag was held open by a stiff wire. The flag and the astronauts' footprints are still on the moon. Number six, to leave the moon, the lunar module split in two. Its top half blasted off using the bottom as a launch pad. Number seven, the lunar module linked with the command module. It was then cut loose because it wasn't needed anymore. The command module, or sorry, number eight, the command module separated from the service module. It glowed brightly in the sky as it entered the air around Earth. Parachutes opened to slow it down before it splashed into the sea. The crew was soon picked up by a waiting ship. Where's the 
waiting ship. Right there. Shuttle power. Most rockets and spacecraft are used only once. This is an incredibly expensive way of sending machines and people into space. No one would build a jumbo jet and throw it away after only one flight. A rocket-powered spacecraft called a space shuttle is different because it can be used over and over again. It blasts off from a launch pad like a rocket, but lands on a runway like a plane. Yeah, because it looks like a, it looks like a plane, but it's actually a rocket. Mm -hmm. And it lands and it launches off a launch pad and lands like uh, airplane. An airplane, you're right. And that's crazy. And here's a picture of space junk. Space junk is a serious problem for astronauts working in space. Parts of old rockets and broken satellites still orbit Earth. If they collide, the fuel inside them may explode, sending pieces of metal flying in all directions. And here's a picture of the shuttle that looks like it's upside down, right? Um, except for nothing's really upside down in space. And then you've got a space arm known as the Canada arm because Canada donated the arms to go on the space shuttles. And then you have the astronaut and the astronauts working outside of the space shuttle. It says astronauts weigh nothing in space. When they leave their spacecraft, they have to clip themselves to it so they don't float away. This astronaut is repairing a broken satellite. His feet are safely clipped to the space shuttle's long robot arm. The Space Shuttle. The shuttle is one of the most complicated machines ever built. There's nothing else like it. It can fly in the air like an aircraft and also in space like a rocket. The main part of the shuttle is a spacecraft with wings called the orbiter. It is carried into space by three large rocket engines and two booster rockets. And those so here's a picture of um, the external fuel tank and booster rocket, booster rocket, and the shuttle is attached to them. The space shuttle carries satellites into space in its payload bay. Sometimes it brings broken satellites back to Earth for repair. On some missions, it carries a laboratory called the Space Lab in which scientists do experiments in space. So this part here opens, and that's the payload bay, and that is what will sometimes bring broken satellites back to Earth or help them uh, take, take satellites out to space. So the shuttle mission. The space shuttle soars into the sky from its launch pad. The booster rockets and external fuel tank fall away when they have used up all of their fuel. And it shows you these pictures as it's happening. In space, the astronauts launch a satellite with the help of the orbiter's long robot arm. At the end of the mission, the orbiter's rocket engines fire to slow it down, and it begins to fall back to Earth. It glows with heat as it plunges back into the air around Earth. Then it glides down and lands on a runway like a plane. Where's the runway? It doesn't show you the runway. It's just showing you the space mission. Mm -hmm. Does this burn up? No, that those are 
uh, those go back to Earth. What about that? That goes back to Earth, too. Does it burn up? Mm-hmm. Ooh, I love this project. Space suits. Yeah, you do like space suits. Ooh. In space, there is no air. Anything the sun shines on is boiling hot, and anything in the shade is freezing cold. Human beings cannot live in space. We need air to breathe, and we need to be at the right temperature, not too hot and not too cold. A spacecraft has to provide astronauts with air to breathe, and it has to keep them warm. When astronauts leave the spacecraft, they must wear a spacesuit, which does the same job. So putting on a spacesuit. The spacesuit is called the Space Shuttle EMU, which is short for Extra Vehicular Mobility Unit. The suit has a special backpack that keeps fresh air flowing through the suit. And it goes for the helmet, and she gets sick. This um, piece, this little backpack-looking thing. thing, is Manned Maneuvering Unit, MMU, helps astronauts fly around outside the sp- space shuttle, and that's these with the little hand controllers. So, parts of a space suit. 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 <laughs> parts of a space suit. You said suit. suit. I did. Suit. All of the parts of a space suit lock together at the neck, waist, wrist, and ankles so the air inside cannot escape. We've got the helmet, the radio headset, the underwear, the top with the control panel, the legs, the boots, and the gloves. Why do they have to have gloves? So that space doesn't seep in through their hole right there and get all the way up and then they can't breathe also um because of the temperature because remember we talked about that it can be freezing cold or it could be boiling hot so this is temperature controlled and it keeps them the right temperature and helps them to breathe properly Working in space. Every day's work on board the space shuttle is set out in the flight plan for the mission. A typical mission may take 10 days. In space, everything and everyone in the shuttle is weightless. So if an astronaut drops a pen, it doesn't fall to the ground. It simply floats in the air. Shuttle astronauts have about 100 different kinds of food to choose from. Some food is dried and has to be mixed with water. Drinks are sucked through tubes so drops of liquid don't float around the cabin. Here is an example of a lunch tray. You've got strawberries, vegetables, potatoes, beef steak, lemonade, and vanilla pudding. Sleeping bags are stuck to the cabin walls so they don't float around. The astronauts wear a mask to block out the light. They are woken by music beamed up from Earth. And look at this. This is the space shuttle toilet. Astronauts have to clip themselves to the seat when they use the toilet or they might float away. The shuttle carries up to seven people. The commander in the left seat is in charge of the spacecraft. The pilot helps the commander. Mission specialists are trained to do the particular job on the mission, such as launching a satellite. The commander, pilot, and mission specialists are all astronauts. Extra crew members, called payload specialists, are not. They may be scientists or doctors who do experiments in the space lab, or engineers who operate special equipment. Mommy? Yeah. Uh-huh. How does that stick to the plate and they can use it? 
So we're looking at the little lunch tray and we want to know how does the silverware stick to the lunch tray and it's and probably it, and it doesn't flow away. It's probably all velcro. They probably have velcro all but on. But what it. if they actually um, unvelcro it? What if they accidentally get the velcro in their mouth? Oh, well it's going to be on the bottom of it. So it'll probably be like on the handle. Oh. So they were probably not putting the part that has the Velcro into their mouth, right? Eyes in space. A satellite floats silently in space, its camera pointing at the swirling clouds of a violent hurricane far below. Weather satellites watch the Earth and its weather all day and all night. Other satellites beam telephone calls and television programs all over the world. There are hundreds of satellites orbiting Earth. They have become so important, it is difficult to imagine our world without them. We've got satellites in orbit. Communication satellites and weather satellites are often placed in a special orbit called geostationary orbit. This means that they travel around the Earth at the same speed as the Earth turns, so they always point towards the same part on Earth. And the different kinds of satellites, we've got a weather satellite, a navigational satellite, it's scientific a satellite, and a communication. What's, commu what's that satellite? The navigational satellite tells you where to go. So navigational satellites allow sailors and pilots to check exactly where they are and make sure that they are traveling in the right direction. The weather satellite tells us uh, measure temperature of the land and see the speed of the wind and even the height of the waves. The Hubble Telescope. Stars look so beautiful because they twinkle like diamonds, but twinkling makes it difficult for astronomers to see them clearly through a telescope. Twinkling is caused by swirling streams of warm and cold air around the Earth, bending the starlight this way and that. A telescope in space has the best view of the stars because there's no air in space to make them twinkle. The biggest telescope in space is the Hubble Space Telescope, which was launched from a space shuttle in 1990. Repairing the Hubble. When the Hubble was launched, astronomers discovered that its view was blurred because it had a faulty mirror. Shuttle astronauts mended the telescope in 1993. Since then, the Hubble has been sending clear pictures back to Earth. So this was the one before the repair, when they were having blurry pictures, and this is after the repair. That was blurry, that one's after the repair. Mm -hmm. Space probes. Every 175 oh. years, the giant planets Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, and Neptune line up. This means a spacecraft can visit all of them in one trip. Two space probes, Voyagers 1 and 2, traveled all the way to these planets. They sent back some of the most beautiful pictures we've ever seen of stormy orange and white clouds over Jupiter, volcanoes erupting on Jupiter's moons, and the broad, flat rings around Saturn. Journey to the Stars Tiny space probes, some no bigger than a shoebox, have visited every planet in the solar system except Pluto. A few have even left the solar system altogether. Pioneer 10 is the farthest away. Since it was launched in 1972, it has traveled more than 6 trillion miles from Earth. It will not reach another star for 8 million years. 
This is the Mariner. There's gives you little pictures of satellites. This one's the Mariner. Orbited Mars in 1971 and visited Venus and Mercury in 1974. The Voyager probes carry disks with pictures and sounds from Earth in case they're found by other beings from another world. This one is the Viking satellite. Two Viking spacecraft landed on Mars in 1976 and tested the soil for signs of life. Magellan. The Magellan space probe visited Venus in 1989. Its instruments made a map of Venus's surface. And this one is Galileo. Galileo plunged into the gases around Jupiter in 1995, sending information about them back to Earth. So those are all different examples of space probes. Okay. Ooh, that's a lot of coloring. Oh my gosh, how are they so artists? Space stations. In the future, astronauts will visit the planets. Perhaps people will even live on Mars. But before this can happen, engineers need to learn how to build spacecraft for flights lasting years instead of days or weeks. And scientists need to study how very long space, space flights affect astronauts. The first step is to build a large space station in orbit around Earth. Space Station Freedom. A new international space station will be built over the next few years. It'll be home to teams of scientists and engineers who will learn how to live and work in space. Is that one? Who knows? Perhaps one day you will be able to visit a space station or take a trip to the moon. Ooh, I want to be on a trip to the moon. That would be fun, right? All right. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> it's time to go to bed for you. Mm.